From St. Pete to Brandon, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good morning to you. It is Wednesday, the peak of the week, with Jack and, of course, Dana McKay and James Berlander all together with you. And if you want to join us, give us a call at 800-969-9352, or you can Text us at 82945. Just start your text with the call letters WFLA, or you can go to your iHeart app and go to the news radio WFLA and push on the microphone button there and record up to 30 seconds. And as you'll hear a little later, we need jokes. Yes, we do. Uh, we already have a joke this morning. Uh, you we have do. one? Yeah. Well, I'm the joke this morning. I broke the toilet here. Yeah, you're the joke of the day <laughs> I mean, for not, sure. It's not broken. It's just it's stuck in a constant flush. So we have these automatic toilets here uh, at the Feather Sound Studios, and it's in a constant flush. It's not overflowing, but it's just flushing and flushing and flushing and flushing. It's still. How long has this been going on uh, for? I'm going to say about 20, <laughs> 20 minutes now. <laughs> that sounds like a poker game, a royal flush. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, so did you put the video? I, I said this is great content for social uh, media. I'm going to have to send you the video. I, I called the big boss, and he's going to you know, let people know. But, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if I'm going to have birthdays today because... I was told to get a new phone yesterday, and I can't bring the birthdays up on it. Oh, yeah, no. you can't get into Facebook yet? Yeah, we're working on it. And then he's got his old phone, but I'm trying to get it, get it connected to Wi-Fi so that he can actually access Facebook that way, and that's not working. So we're a yeah. hot mess over and here today. The funny thing is, at home earlier when I was having orange juice before I came over here, I had all the birthdays out, and there, were, I think we had either six or eight of them. That I had. Did you have them up on your old phone or your new phone? On the old phone. Okay. So the reason you can't get them on here is because you're not connected to the, the Wi-Fi in the new building yet. I'm working on that for you. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we'll have the birthdays here in the next hour. And in case you missed it last night, the Lightning beat Carolina 4 to nothing. Oh, nice. Carolina had a much better record than the Bolts did, but they blanked them 4 to nothing over there. The Hurricanes, and they will host the Washington Capitals tomorrow night. Tomorrow is going to be a big day around here. You got the Bolts and Caps, Lightning and Capitals, and the Major League Baseball season starts tomorrow with the Rays hosting the Detroit Tigers. Yes, opening day at the Trop. Yep, and then of course we got the Final Four in the NCAA coming up. This weekend with two Florida schools in it. Well, that's exciting. That's amazing. Well, you know what's crazy is that Rick Scott uh, had both of those teams in his final four, like on his on his bracket, and he has actually those two teams, the two Florida teams, winning. Really? So, yep. Son of a gun. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Nobody would have picked that. Yeah, I know, but I think because Florida, he just decided to pick those two Florida teams. Wow. That would be pretty amazing, right, if he won it? Because he yes, needs more indeed. money. <laughs> I think he's doing okay. We got uh, Rory O'Neill will be joining us later this hour, and we're going to get the latest on the Nashville school shooting investigation, and hopefully they're getting a little closer to finding a motive. Yeah, there was a manifesto. So 
that right there tells you what was going on in this person's sick mind. Uh, whether or not we have all those details yet, I don't know. We'll see what Rory has to say. Yeah, and also later on, we've got Daniel James Scott, our tech expert that's going to join us. And he's going to talk about, did wokeness and cancel culture start with teens on the Internet? Yeah, I'm very interested to see what he has to say about this. Yes, indeed. And if you have any tech questions, you want to call James and give them to him, and he'll give them to Daniel, and we'll get them answered for you a little later on this morning. Yeah, how do you stop a toilet flushing? <laughs> that sounds like a joke. <laughs> By the way, I put the video on our Instagram at WFLA News. I think it just has to be accepted real quickly, Dana. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, the video is <laughs> up, and I'll take any advice possible, please. Yeah. Anybody knows anything about toilets besides yeah. how to sit on them, give us a call. <laughs> we need the help. So embarrassing. It's 510. Chris Trinkman coming up here in a minute. And right now we're going to check in with John Thomas and traffic. Ripping through the biggest news stories of the day in record time. Providing you all you need to know. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 515, we've got Chris Trinkman who knows what we need to know this morning out of the newsroom. And good morning, Chris. What's happening? Whoops. Got to get <laughs> Still figuring hey, out. I started out this morning without a microphone. Yeah, <laughs> me too. So clues in a Pinellas County murder case could be found as far south as Miami. The plastic surgeon Tomas Kozowski accused of killing Largo lawyer Stephen Kozzi last week. And investigators say Kozowski's car was outside the law firm in Largo the day Kazi went missing. And license plate readers now show that his car was also in the Miami area hours later. The body of 41-year-old Kazi not been found, and the 44-year-old plastic surgeon is in the Pinellas County Jail, charged with first-degree murder. A plastic surgeon? wonder what that's all about. Well, he was being sued uh, because of a billing dispute uh, at the uh, clinic where he used to work, along with several other uh, professionals there. And Kazi was handling that case, and apparently Kozowski uh, became upset about it. And at uh, one point may have had a confrontation with uh, Kazi, according to his boss. And so when uh, his boss stumbled on uh, what appears to be a murder scene in a bathroom there at the law firm, he informed police that the only person he could think of that, that might have had a problem with Kazi was this plastic surgeon. And so they started paying close attention and eventually made an arrest on Sunday. They've also found a bunch of stuff in Kozowski's car. They found $290,000 in cash. Wow. A bunch of guns. A license plate concealer device. That sounds like something out of a Bond movie, doesn't it? It certainly does. I've never heard of a license plate concealer unless you just put a cover over it or yeah. something like that. And then uh, he had some surgical masks and, and other... Uh, uh, items that perhaps uh, could have been used to clean a murder scene. Mm. So that's all part of the evidence now that's building against the uh, against the surgeon. It'll be interesting to see what they give him as punishment. Well, he's been charged with first-degree murder, Jack, and depending upon what kind of case they build against him, uh, that means he, he could be eligible for the death penalty if, yeah. they, if they think that they have enough uh, on the, on the guy. Uh, they haven't found a body yet, and so that complicates the case for prosecutors. Uh, but they think they have enough evidence, uh, based on what they found so far, to charge him with murder, despite the fact that Kazi is still missing. And you got to think, at some point, 
they're going to find the body. Yeah, I think that they will. What a sad story. Yeah, and it might be in the Miami area because obviously speculation is why would he go down there shortly after Kazi disappeared. Yeah. So Florida's largest insurer is raising its rates. Citizens Property Insurance announced it wants to raise the statewide average rate by at least 12%. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. If approved. If approved by the Florida Office of Insurance Regulation, the new rates would take effect November 1st. And so far, the uh, insurance regulators haven't stopped any of the rate increases from any of the companies. That would include the private insurers. And the insurance companies just kind of had a big win during the legislative session, right, where they can't be sued. That's true. And that's the, that affects the private companies. Now, Citizens is the public company that's run by the state of Florida in a, a special corporation that was set up by the legislature because so many... Uh, private companies refuse to insure people in the in the most risky areas, usually oh, okay. along the coast. Uh, and, yeah. of course, a lot of people in Tampa Bay have uh, citizens because we're here on the coast. And so that means uh, they could be looking at uh, rate increases uh, even higher. 12 percent is the average. I mean, you could be looking at 15 percent or more depending oh, on where you live. And that's tough because Florida already has the highest insurance rates in the country. Hmm. But uh, yeah. citizens, uh, you know, claims that based on the risk and the damages and, and what they need to operate, they have to do that. Uh-huh. So, brother, keep paying those taxes. So this week marks the 44th anniversary of the Three Mile Island nuclear accident. Federal nuclear experts say it was the most serious accident ever of a U.S. commercial nuclear power plant. A combination of equipment failure and operator error led to a partial meltdown and the release of a small amount of radioactive material. And really, Jack, the, the Three Mile Island meltdown has sort of become the symbol of, uh, you know, the nuclear uh, danger, I guess. And you think of yeah. those cooling towers, you know, that's what the Three Mile Island plant looked like. And even though a lot of nuclear plants don't look like that, that's the one that everybody thinks of in their head when, when they think of a nuclear plant yeah, or a nuclear all accident. The, all the pictures and everything. We that's saw. right. Yeah, and it was pretty scary. And and really, they, they look at that incident as becoming uh, a major reason why nuclear power became so unpopular in the country, even though uh, supporters would say it's cleaner and more efficient than some of the other ways of generating power, well, such as coal. Undoubtedly, yeah. Right, it I is, know. but when there's a problem, it's dangerous. That's the thing, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's like, well, is that worth the risk? And, uh, you know, we've had our problems. You know, we had that nuclear reactor up at Crystal River that cracked, and they were not able to fix it, you know, despite billions of dollars. So uh, that doesn't add to people's confidence in in nuclear. So today, Jack, is March 29th, and it's the 50th anniversary of the date the last combat troops left South Vietnam. And uh, veterans groups are saying today is the day to honor those who serve. And, of course... There are a lot of lessons uh, from that war. At one time, it was one of the longest wars we had ever been involved with uh, and, and often viewed as, as a failure because the communist north ended up taking over the country. Yeah, when we left, boom. That's was, right. It was over. Obviously, they were knocking on the door. I mean, they were right there in Saigon as we were getting people out of the embassy. And so it's communist uh, as we speak. The same government is still in charge there after all these years. And uh, Vietnam veterans did not get the same treatment after the war. Oh, boy, you're telling me. As those who served in World War II. Yeah, I remember getting off the plane when we came back out, and it was a 
base in San Francisco. Uh, I mean, it wasn't a base, but it was a military landing place. And I remember going by one of these wire fences and all these protesters were on the other side. And I got spit on about three times. Wow. Oh, geez. Man, not a good way to come home after a year in Vietnam. Yeah, it, it, it really was unfortunate considering all the things that the troops went through over there. Obviously, a lot of them were exposed to uh, toxic chemicals like Agent Orange, um, not to mention the brutal conditions and, uh, you know, the jungle environment there. Oh, yeah. And the, you know, deadly effectiveness of the uh, guerrilla warfare that was waged by the communists. Uh, you know, 58,000 Americans died in that war. It was never popular. And uh, unfortunately, uh, the troops were never recognized for uh, for what they sacrificed to fight for America. Yeah, I lost a couple of good buddies over there. And, you know, I just wanted to explain to people behind the fence, I didn't want to go over there. I didn't declare war. I just had to go over there, and you're making me pay for it. You know, that's a great point, Jack. You know, back in those days, there was something called the draft. Yeah. That a lot of young people don't even know what that is. They have no idea that there was a time in the country that if the government decided they were going to go to war, they could make you go. Yeah. And they would send you a notice. And you had to sign up for a selective service. If you're a male, uh, 18, when you turned 18, you have to submit your uh, your information. And they would uh, draw you out of a hat and uh, sign you up for military service. And the other thing that, that got a lot of people upset about that, Jack, of course, is, is it seemed like people who had money or were people of uh, influence didn't go. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you, if you were in college, you could apply for a deferment if you had a father who was a senator or something somehow their kids didn't go oh yeah you know i mean <laughs> yeah. it, was, it became a, a a widespread uh uh thing and it's one of the reasons why they got rid of the draft because they felt that that was uh not a, a fair way to to have people serve now we have a volunteer army and uh sometimes uh, we don't make the best decisions even with that that situation uh, uh -huh. with some of our uh, military uh exploits very true well, Chris will have more coming up here in just a little while at the bottom of the hour. Online at WFLANews.com. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. I'm wondering if our other listener happened to see the rare planetary alignment last night when, um, well, it was Jupiter, Mercury, Venus, Uranus, and Mars all visible in a small sector of the sky. I forgot about that last night. Yeah, supposedly just after sunset last night, if you look to the horizon in the west, you would see Jupiter and Mercury and a little higher in the sky, Venus and Uranus and Mars were shining. But anyway, I'm wondering if anybody saw it. Um, they're saying that uh, in 2161, all the planets will gather on the side of the sun and will be visible from Earth just before dawn. wonder how they know that. Yeah, how do they know that? I mean, none of us will be around to see it, so. And they say, what do you have planned for September 8th, 17 years from now, when a highly anticipated planetary alignment will take place with Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn? all being close together with a crescent moon visible between Venus and Saturn. And again, how do they know all that stuff? Yeah, there must be some sort of a calculation that they do based on how everything moves. I guess so. 
Well, if you saw the alignment last night and want to describe it to our other listener, give us a call, 800-969-9352. Here with what's trending is Dana McKay. And what do we got this morning? Well, this is something really cool I wanted to tell you about. Today is Jersey Mike's Day of Giving, and they've been doing this on March 29th every year for 13 years. Jersey Mike's has raised over $67 million for local charities. Wow. So basically, when you go to Jersey Mike's today... For lunch or pick up dinner on the way home, they are going to donate a hundred percent of the proceeds to Special Olympics. That's the charity they have chosen to give to this year, and they say it's their busiest day of the year by far because they just get so much great support from the community. So we're just trying to spread the word to go to Jersey Mike's today, and all of that money gets donated to Special Olympics. I'll go right after work today. Their, their subs are delicious. Oh, I know they're amazing. I've never been to Jersey Mike's. Well, today's the day, Jack. You enjoy. Go out for lunch at Jersey Mike's. I recommend the Italian. The Italian sub is great. Ah. I've got to find out where Jersey Mike's is. Yeah, they're all over the place, right? James, there's oh, locations yeah, everywhere. Yeah, so at our old station, I used to go to the one right at Gandhi and Dom Avery, right in the little plaza there. Oh, yeah. So oh, that's, okay. that's close to you. Yeah. You know, I have seen that. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, but I haven't been there. Son of a gun. wonder why they call it Jersey Mike's. Is it because of New Jersey or all the people are wearing jerseys or what? You know, that's a really good question that I don't know the answer to. <laughs> we'll have to, I'll uh, have to. I'll have to find that out for you. But yeah, last year alone, they raised $20 million. So it's definitely incredible. grown over time. Yeah, I mean, this is a nationwide thing that they do. But here in the Tampa Bay area, they're donating all the money to the local chapter of Special Olympics. So Jersey Mike's today, and that's where you should uh, go and get lunch or dinner. Yeah, and I have worked with Special Olympics in the past. I mean, uh, doing the, the um, PA system for them. And then at one time, even being a referee. Oh, awesome. Pretty lousy at that. (laughs) It's such a great organization, though. It really is. is. Yeah. It's incredible. And we've got one of the best in the Bay Area. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I know I'm, USF is where I worked with them originally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure that's why Jersey Mike's chose them this year to donate all their money to. So. That is good. Yep. Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. It's 543, and we've got today in history for March 29th. In 1632, the Treaty of Saint-Germain is signed returning Quebec to French control after the English had seized it in 1629. And if you've been to Quebec, while English is all over Canada, Quebec, they speak French. 1806, construction is authorized of the Great National Pike, better known as the Cumberland Road, becoming the first U.S. federal highway. 1847, in the Mexican-American War, U.S. forces led by General Winfield Scott take Veracruz after a siege. 1867, Queen Victoria gives royal assent to the British North America Act, which established Canada on July 1st. 1882, the Knights of Columbus is established, and it's still going strong, and they do a lot of great charity work. 1927, Sunbeam 1,000 horsepower breaks the land speed record at Daytona Beach, Florida. It went over 200 miles an hour. I don't know what the record was. 
1941, the North American Regional Broadcasting Agreement goes into effect. And I'm not sure what that did. <laughs> 1951, Julius and Ethel Rosenberg are convicted of conspiracy to commit espionage. They were working with the Russians, and they were executed in the electric chair. 1957, the New York, Ontario, and Western Railway, Railway made its final run, the first major U.S. railroad to be abandoned in its entirety. 1961. The 23rd Amendment to the U.S. Constitution is ratified, allowing residents of Washington, D.C. to vote in presidential elections. And now, of course, there's a major effort afoot to grant statehood to Washington, D.C., and the Democrats are in favor of it and the Republicans are against it because... As you're well aware, Democrats mm-hmm. pretty much run Washington, D.C. That's why it's such a safe city. Yes, indeed. <laughs> 1971, the My Lai Massacre. Lieutenant William Calley is convicted of premeditated murder and sentenced to life in prison. Killed a group of Vietnamese civilians in My Lai. In 1973... The Vietnam War, the last U.S. combat soldiers left South Vietnam. 1973, the Operation Barrel Roll, a covert American bombing campaign in Laos to stop communist infiltration of South Vietnam. 1974, NASA's Mariner 10 became the first space probe to fly by Mercury. 1984, the Baltimore Colts loaded their possessions onto 15 Mayflower moving trucks in the early morning hours and transferred its operations to Indianapolis. They became the Indianapolis Colts. 1999, the Dow Jones Industrial Average closed above the 10,000 mark for the First time, and that was during the height of the dot-com bubble. 2014, the first same-sex marriages in England and Wales were performed. In 2016, a U.S. Air Force F-16 crashed during takeoff from Bagram Airfield in Afghanistan. And in 1948... The Port Authority purchased McCluskey Shipyard on Hooker's Point from the federal government. That was part of uh, Tampa's history. And that is our two-day in history for March 29th. Sorry, I had to cough there. (laughs) Oh, and we got Rory O'Neill coming up. Next, with the latest on the Nashville school shooting investigation. And uh, I just want to hear about what the potential motive is. What drove this transsexual person to do that? Yeah, it's, yeah, you just got to wonder. And it's strange because she sent a message to a friend saying, you know, you're going to see me on the news. I'm going to die today. And then telling the friend, you know, like... 
I love you and stuff like that. And it's just, I don't know, that's just strange to me. And from what I've seen, she had other places targeted as well. Yeah. yeah. On, on the manifest that they found. Thank goodness for the cops. Yeah, those cops were he- heroes that oh, went yeah. in. Watching that body cam footage, yeah, chilling. it's it's crazy. It's I feel like have we gotten this much footage and pictures and all that of other school shootings? I mean, there's basically it was all caught on video, and then right. I just saw in the New York Post they've got pictures of inside uh, her bedroom and where she kept the guns and all that. It's like all of a sudden, it's like with this this one we're getting. All of this footage and all these pictures. And I, I, yeah, I think it depends on on if the the, the police uh, or the sheriff's office are willing to uh, you know send it out and release it right away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all out there now. Well, it seemed like there was plenty of warning in this case, but we'll talk to Rory O'Neill about it coming up. Live on ninety four point five FM in Pinellas County. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And joining us right now is Rory O'Neill, our News Radio WFLA national correspondent. And uh, Rory, we've been talking about the Nashville school shooting investigation. And do we have a complete motive that they've come up with yet? Well, you know, they did recover some writings that the shooter was behind, but uh, they haven't really talked in too much detail about uh, what is uh, included there. You know, why was this school targeted? We know that the shooter attended this school, but, you know, they were 28 years old at the time of yesterday's attack. So they hadn't been at the elementary school uh, in a decade. So why that school was targeted? We did see some writing that perhaps the... um, this school was chosen because security was not as strict at another school, but uh, we don't know what that other school was either. And we're seeing videos and pictures and all of that coming out, which I feel like we haven't necessarily seen with the other school shootings. So is that just if the police are deciding that they want to put that stuff out there? I just feel like we're getting a lot of information like that, but we don't have a motive yet. Yeah, well, you can tell the police are proud of their response in this case. That that tends to be the rule of thumb uh, when police sort of drag their feet releasing video, body cam video. It's probably because the officer, you know, it could have been better. Whereas in this case, uh, this was textbook response by the police officers. Pretty gripping video. Their, their training was on display. Their heroism was on display. Their professionalism uh, that video really is compelling, and it, it, I think it does a good job of telling a story about how they responded to a very chaotic situation. And do we know anything about the family, the the shooter's family? Uh, the shooter? Yeah, well, we, we know that they have been in touch with the police. Uh, they said that um, the, the shooter had been undergoing some mental health counseling in recent months. They thought that uh, they should not have had access to weapons did not know that uh, the shooter had purchased seven firearms at local Nashville gun shops in recent months. So that was a surprise to them. There were three weapons recovered from the scene after Monday's shooting. Um, But again, the parents did not realize that so many guns had been purchased. Well, I know that our uh, Sheriff Grady Judd from Polk County, uh, he had served on the Marjorie Stoneham Douglas High School Public Safety Commission. Mm -hmm. That was created in 2018 after the Parkland School shooting, and he had a lot of good advice about what we 
need to do to protect our students, as he said it, showcase the importance of school security in all the schools. And well, and Sheriff Gualtieri was the head of that commission. So uh, again, both of them put together a pretty comprehensive list of uh, of recommendations. I think one of the big things that you'll notice was with those doors. Um, to the entrance. Yeah. They were locked, but they were mostly glass, and you saw on the video just how quickly the shooter was able to blast through the glass door and, 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 and enter access. I mean, they went in so fast, they might as well just pushed an unlocked door open. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that video, I was actually trying to go to bed. I, I got in bed, I scrolled my phone, and that was the first thing that popped up was that video of the shooter breaking the glass through the door, and I was like, how am I going to go to sleep now? Like, it just, Boy, yeah, it's just so scary. Um, um, do you have any thoughts on the idea of whether or not we should be putting the shooter's uh, picture and repeating the shooter's name over and over and over again uh, it, within the media? Like, we had an expert on yesterday who talked about how they want the notoriety. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, you have to use it in some cases. I think to use the name locally is much more important since, you know, the people of Nashville may have known the shooter. Uh, I think you can use it judiciously. I don't think it has to be sprawled over everything all the time. But tragically, there are so many of these. I don't know about you. The names all just sort of run together after a while. Yeah, it well, really does. True. Yep. Rory O'Neill, our news radio WFLA national correspondent, on Twitter at Radio Rory, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Dana. Thanks, Jack. From Odessa to Clearwater, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And James, what was the name of our other listener there? Ah, uh, you know what? I already forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I can play it again. Hang on, hang on. Okay, let's hear it again. Hello, morning show. This is Craig Wilson up in Michigan, your loyal listener, calling in again to say howdy. Still up here listening. Oh, wow. Craig Wilson. Craig in Craig Michigan. in Michigan. Listening on the iHeartRadio app. You can download it for free and then look for News Radio WFLA and listen live from, like, literally anywhere. Yeah. Also, if you have a smart device, you can tell it to play News Radio WFLA on iHeartRadio. And we got a lot of listeners around the country. Yeah. I mean, I get emails from people in Baltimore and in Michigan. I've I know one up there. I mean, yeah, definitely. It's I pretty hear from them all the time. It's pretty cool. Hey, we got some birthdays to celebrate today: Tommy Cavalier, Angel Cabrera, Louis G. Betts. Kim Fontis Malatesta. I like that name. Fontis Malatesta. That's hyphenated. Um, Marlene Bergendale, who's a mountaineer from West Virginia originally. Johnny Bell, Jose Bello, and Wendy Robbins. So happy birthday to Tommy, Angel, Lewis, Kim, Marlene, Johnny, Jose, and Wendy. And I don't have any people I know having a birthday today. Same. But uh, for celebrities, Lucy Lawless is 55. Tennis champ Jennifer Capriati is 47. And supermodel Elle McPherson is 59. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, she still looks drop dead, drop dead gorgeous. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And how about you, James? 
for me, I've got nothing. And, and the reason I forgot the name earlier because my mind is still on, on the <laughs> toilet. <laughs> I was just going to ask you, oh. is the toilet still flushing? It Nin- still is. 90 minutes later, it's still like in constant flush mode. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. I'm going to have to pay the water bill. (laughs) I know. That's what I'm thinking. Like, those things, I think they're probably newer toilets and, like, meant to conserve water. But when it's just flushing constantly for that long. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. I hope that doesn't cause some other issue in the building. I'm watching it because I don't want it to, like, you know, uh, overflow or anything. Yeah. That's so strange. Well, we don't have time for the jokes, but I'll save the George Carl joke for tomorrow. Alrighty. About a blonde. Okay. And Ben sent a bunch of pig jokes. <laughs> pig jokes? Pig jokes. I'm offended by those two. <laughs> um, let's see. What's the result of playing tug of war with a pig? Uh, you get muddy? Pulled to pork. Oh, oh. that's cute. What do you call a pig with no legs? A groundhog. <laughs> and what's a pig's favorite karate move? The pork chop. Those are cute. Yeah. Yeah. You just well, upset all the PETA people. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you, uh, Ben Ritter, for those. And we'll get the George Carlin in there tomorrow. I'm just erasing these. Crossing out the ones we've already used so yep. we don't repeat them? All right. Yep. On News Radio WFLA. And it is 6.15 on AM Tampa Bay. And if you want to join us, give us a call at 800-969-9352. Well, a couple of things. Prosecutors are going to seek the death penalty. This is in Hillsborough County for the Tampa rapper Billy Adams, who's accused in the shooting and killing of a pregnant woman back in January. Oh, I remember when that happened. Yes. And he was arrested for the shooting death of 22-year-old Alana Sims. And investigators say Sims was killed three days after Adams was acquitted on double murder charges. You wonder why this guy was out anyway. Yeah. Well, I don't know the details of that case, but... Well, they say... Should Adams be found guilty of murdering Sims and, of course, her unborn child, um, they will seek capital punishment. And in the notice, the state listed multiple aggravated factors that the state intends to prove to permit the death penalty. Uh, The capital felony was a homicide committed in a cold, calculated, premeditated murder, according to them. And the um, unborn child was a person less than 12 years of age, obviously. But Tampa rapper Billy Adams, who is known as Ace NH, I'm not familiar with that. Of course, I don't listen to much rap. But he was arrested by Tampa police on February 8th after police say He admitted to pulling the trigger the day she was found dead outside her car, and her one-year-old son was found a few feet away from her, and fortunately he was unharmed. But during a news conference, Hillsborough County Major Mike Stout said the motive in the shooting stemmed from Adams 
not wanting to be in Sim's life anymore. So rather than just go away or do what else you could do, he killed her. And anyway, yep. they say the goal was to protect Adam's right to a fair trial. They limited the likelihood of a future jury being tainted by the continued media coverage and on and on. But anyway, they're going to seek the death penalty. He deserves it. Oh, more so than you can imagine. Yeah, he does. Shooting squad. Yeah. And this is where, you know, they just put these people to sleep so quietly. And, I mean, it's almost pleasant. Right. The way they just go to sleep. I don't understand that when these people cause such great pain. And fortunately, we had the story the other day. Well, some states are still using the electric chair, and now they're bringing back... Um, the firing squad. Yeah, firing squads. Yeah, it's now legal in, what, five states, I think? Yeah. Yeah. And frankly, I'd like to see them go back to hanging. Ugh. Well, that's, of course, on the other hand, life in prison, you know, if you get hanged or shot or whatever the case may be. Yeah, you're done. You're, out of, you're out of your misery. Whereas if you were given life in prison. Yeah, I think that's the worst form of torture, just being stuck in a cell. But, but don't give them cell phones. Don't let them watch TV. Don't let them do anything yeah. fun. That's right. true. So no I, TV, no phones, lousy food, everything. Right. Well, I do think that the thing about watching TV is like you give them something to do so that they can focus on TV instead of having a bunch of bored, crazy, angry people. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like maybe there's there's something psychological to it to let them have some of that stuff to keep them cool. Well, only give them lousy channels. Then. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean... I, do you under does that make sense though that like you got to get I mean these people they just sit in a cell all day long they're going to start to get wild like you got to feed them and you know let them out to eat or whatever so I feel like maybe giving them TV access to a phone whatever you got to kind of do oh, some of that stuff oh no, you can if they go wild just keep them in the thing there right yeah I guess spray them with something yeah <laughs> baby shark on repeat. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you do. Yeah, there you go. Baby shark. <laughs> that's torture. Baby shark. Well, well. <laughs> well, anyway, you got Aaron Real coming up here in just a minute. We're going to talk about Americans are pulling back from values that used to be a big, big deal. On News Radio WFLA. And at 624, we're joined by Aaron Real, our. News Radio WFLA National Correspondent. And Aaron, I was reading the uh, story about Americans are changing values and they're pulling back from things like patriotism and religion and families and things like that. These were things that used to be the most important. And why are we seeing such major changes? Yes, this one is really interesting. So the Wall Street Journal, in conjunction with the University of Chicago, a nonpartisan research organization within it, they, they did this study that found that the nation's character from what it was generations ago is really receding. So just quickly by the numbers, 38% of respondents said that patriotism was very important to them. 39% said that religion was. 
that's down sharply from when they first asked the question in 1998 when 70% said patriotism was important to them and 62% said so of religion. Also, if you look at the younger generations, only 23% of adults under 30 said that having children was important to them. And then also uh, they they said that this one really kind of scares me. Tolerance that was deemed important to 80% of Americans as recently as four years ago, it's down to 58%. And I think that that one is so telling because tolerance is kind of, you know, none of us are from here. <laughs> the whole idea is that we're a melting pot and, and you have to tolerate some differences in the fact that we don't do that anymore. So your initial question was, why did this happen? And a lot of these studies, uh, analysts, they say that it was a combination of things why we have this fractured nation. You have the power of the tax, then you have the financial crisis of 2008, so there's a subsequent huge economic downturn. And then the rise of former President Donald Trump, whatever you feel about him, if you love him or you hate him, the one thing that is undeniable is that he was very divisive. And also, we as a nation had never seen a president with three wives before. You know, he just was not, he didn't really hold the values of the traditional American president. And I think that this kind of added to that. And then you throw in the recent COVID pandemic and, and gender neutral pronouns and black lives matter it has created a lot of tension in the country what do americans value like we're talking about all the things that they don't value anymore patriotism religion family but what came up with a high percentage of people placing a value on it so the only priority that's grown in importance is money this is in the past quarter i know it's kind of this is not a good look. Um, it, 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 43% was important in this new survey, and only 31% said so in 1998. Also, the idea of American exceptionalism, only 21% in the survey said that America stands above all other countries in the world. That is down precipitously. And, and half said that America was one of the greatest countries. And I think with access to the Internet and you see how other countries live and the quality of life, so many young people particularly watch their parents struggle in 2008. They, they don't feel they're burdened with student loans. They can't afford a house. It's hard to find a job that can pay you enough to you know, pay your rent and your car bills. So then you can look at the Nordic countries and just quality of life is better or even some of the southern european countries you know spain is getting a ton of um influx of of residents of young people or portugal and and just higher quality of life and the idea for upward mobility where that's fading here and growing in other first world countries i think that you know the jig is up you have to look at how you operate as a country as a whole to see if you can pull back any of the enthusiasm about america well aaron real our news radio wfla national correspondent we got to get you a new phone. That's not Aaron's phone. That's our phone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Is, it, oh, is that our phone? Oh, yeah, it's ours. The yeah. system that we use, it's not a regular phone anymore, isn't it? Through the internet or something, it is. James? It's, it's through the cloud. Yeah. yeah. So it's very glitchy oh. today. Yeah, it was glitchy with Rory, too, Aaron, and it's not you, it's us. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. No, it's all right. No. Oh, we will talk to you tomorrow. Okay. Aaron Royale, our news radio WFLA national correspondent news is brought to you by safe touch security let's hear about the dopiest dope of all the dopes of the day on am tampa bay with jack harris and at 638
Dana has our dope or dope ass of the day. Well, besides James, who broke the toilet in the bathroom, <laughs> that is still running an hour and a half later. Two hours. <laughs> it's been two hours. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, anyway, this dope of the day, well, it's actually pretty funny. A Minnesota driver was pulled over by police, and he tried to get out of trouble by handing the officer his get-out-of-jail-free card. And how do you get one of those? Well, you got the game Monopoly. Monopoly. Yeah. I mean, you got to figure the guy must be in trouble a lot if he's been carrying this thing around in his car, just waiting to use it. But the sheriff's department shared the bizarre encounter on their Facebook page. They said the driver was pulled over and they asked him to take out his license. He did. And he also handed the officer the Monopoly card, thinking the deputy might actually honor it. Uh, Obviously, it didn't work, and the deputy informed him that the card is not valid and that he will not pass, go, or collect $200 either. (laughs) Um, The department's post on Facebook said, unfortunately, the state of Minnesota does not recognize this as a valid document, but points for the effort and humor. They didn't mention what the driver was pulled over for or whether or not he is actually going to jail or if he just got a ticket, but pretty funny incident. Well, uh, we got Daniel James Scott coming up, and I don't have time to get this dope of the day, but John Kerry, the climate czar for Biden, and he's one of those guys that think, oh, we're changing the climate. Yeah, well, he flies around in his private jet. Yeah, in his private jet. Yeah. Huge private jet, and yet... You better get rid of that gas stove. (laughs) Yeah, you better ride your bike to work. We'll get around to that. I mean, he's still going to be a dope for a while. So, (laughs) yeah, there's no expiration on that one. We can use him later. 640 and uh, Daniel James Scott coming up in a minute here. Oozled, it's the techno babble you just don't have time to understand. It's time for Technically Speaking with Daniel James Scott on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And Daniel James Scott is here. And um, Daniel, I understand here you're saying that wokeness and cancel culture start with the teens on the Internet. What's the deal there? Yeah, you know, it's it's really interesting. There's a, a social psychologist at NYU Stern named Jonathan Haidt that has been researching what the roots of cancel culture really were. And, it, of course, it goes back to the Internet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Everything <laughs> does today. It is a little bit of a unique story. But just to, uh, just to give some context here, essentially what he had devised first is – what were the beliefs that young young folks started to buy into, the myths that they started to buy into? And these are just really super interesting. He said there's three great untruths. The first one is that people could actually get harmed by words and books and ideas. The second is that they uh, began to believe that their emotions, especially anxieties, were reliable guides to reality. And then the third is that... Society was really composed of good people and bad people, uh, victims and oppressors. Hmm. And what happened was these ideas, which were really the the basis for external locus of control, where one of we were, you were talking earlier about, you know, what are these great American ideals? What are the things that we used to believe in? Well, it used to be like hard work and internal locus of control. I can control my own destiny. I'm in. Yeah. I'm responsible for the things that happen to me. And why that started to shift was the Internet and people sharing things in the Internet and buying into these beliefs, especially young 
uh, progressive females, which I'm going to come back to in a second because they use the Internet most. And then this idea of universities then reinforcing this. So as they were going to schools, the universities would play along with these myths and and actually support these. But let me just really quick, because this is super interesting. Because I just I just said something that could be inflammatory, right? As I named a group of people. Well, you got um, a pretty young woman in here listening to you now. Well, it's it's really interesting, and I'm not saying that Dana falls in this is in this. No, category. I'm old. <laughs> no, you're not. I try. I, I keep thinking like 2013. That was yesterday, but it really wasn't. It was quite a while yeah, ago. Ten years so, ago, yeah. Uh, we're really talking about uh, some time having passed, but. Tumblr was where they said this was this really came down to. And the this the idea was what was happening on Tumblr was people were describing their quote unquote unique non-formative self, which people then began began referring to as their snowflake. And this was a positive thing back then. I was not aware of this. I don't know if you were. But the idea is they're referring to to the idea that each snowflake is unique and individual. And so that this became a positive thing is sharing something positive about yourself that's unique. On the other side of the political spectrum, though, there was, you know, 4chan <laughs> and there were young male uh, right skewing individuals who had very strong internal locuses of control that were making fun of this. Right. So you set up this idea of separation on the Internet and then it, this whole uh, weird uh cosmos escaped out into the twitterverse and then it became you know what it is oh, today yeah. which like, is yeah, a major, like mainstream yeah yeah and it, i think it comes back to everything that we're talking about today what aaron was talking about earlier by the way i could hear most of that which was awesome <laughs> which she was talking about earlier but i think also a lot of the discourse in this country which is all of these external things can impact me and i have no control over it i'm just on the victim end of this and uh, I don't see this getting better with TikTok or any of the other oh, social no. media. Right. That well, we have I think today. it's also it also becomes more like exaggerated and it gets worse because you're on the internet where you're not having a face to face conversation with somebody about these issues. You're typing, hiding behind a screen, and then that allows people to be even more nasty to each other, and then that just helps to create more division. Yeah, and I, I will personally admit, even though I'm I'm looking at this and I'm seeing the research and I'm seeing that two types of people on different ends of the spectrum were most impacted by this, I started really considering, you know, how often do I look at social media to go, ah, I, I posted on Twitter this morning that I'm here. Like, did I get a like, right? <laughs> I am impacted by this. Yeah. We're all impacted by it. It's really, it's really kind of weird. And I know, uh, Dana, you and I have talked about, you know, posting things even for the show to help get the word out. And we're looking at it right. just professionally, which is so interesting and so weird, but it really is changing the nature of who we are, which is kind of terrifying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Internet controls everything today. Yes. <laughs> Maybe pretty soon we'll shut down Washington and put it all on the Internet. Right. Well, and you also have to wonder, and there, this is a whole other conversation, but about these social media companies and these tech giants and the way that they manipulate the information that we're seeing to reinforce our biases and how we feel like the algorithms are set up to do that. And that just creates more division too. putting a thumb on the scale is terrifying and it's not necessarily something I want to expose my kids to too young. So uh, the more I think about this, the more I process it, the more I believe 
maybe my kids shouldn't have access to this. Right. My daughter's going to be 19 tomorrow, actually. And she's been on social media since she was probably 12 or 13. And I feel like that was a big mistake. And we weren't monitoring it the way we should have been. Because I feel like six, seven years ago, we didn't know everything we know now. And I would have made... I would have been a lot firmer about, no, you're not going to be on this. And now their brains at that young age, this is how, what they know. That's oh, yeah. Life <laughs> value is yeah. out on the Internet. And and the, the God's honest truth is it is not. We shouldn't believe that at all. We're Americans. We can do incredible things. Right. How true. Well, Daniel James Scott is at, at Spark Catalyst on Twitter, Spark Catalyst, or you can check him out at Spark Catalyst.com. I love to hear from you. And Jack, thank you for your service. Oh, thank you, sir, for sure. Thank you for coming in here and explaining all that stuff. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Live from the WFLA studios, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 6.55 on AM Tampa Bay. By the way, the Sun and Fun Festival in Lakeland is underway. Oh, fun. That is a great event. Uh, I think it started yesterday, and it runs, I think it runs through, yeah, through Sunday. But if you've never been to it, it's incredible, and I'm sure it's gotten a heck of a lot better since I went to it a couple of years way back. But, um, well, this is their 49th year. Oh, wow. And they put in all kinds of new infrastructure, and you can work your phones and everything there now. That was something you couldn't do in the past, but it's pretty inexpensive now. Online parking is $10. You pay at the door. It's 20 They've got great entertainment. Um, but the air shows are what you want to see. Oh, okay, cool. And you can check out the planes that are on the ground there. I saw a picture, and it had the uh, Blue Angels in the picture. I don't know if they're there or not. Oh, wow, yeah, I'm not sure. That would be cool. I got to fly with them once. That was an incredible experience. Oh, wow. And they were doing flips and rolls and oh, all of that stuff like that. But uh, fortunately, I'd gone through a little of that in Vietnam, so... I was ready for it, but that was a great experience. But that was from the air show at McDill Air Force Base. But apparently, I'm guessing maybe the Blue Angels, who are stationed up in the Panhandle, um, are there this year. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking it up to see now. Yeah, it's the Sun and Fun Aerospace, Aerospace Expo. Uh, oh, yeah, there's uh, parachute stuff happening, all kinds of food and live yeah. music and paraglider flying. Oh, my gosh, yeah, this looks like a lot of fun. Yep, at the Lakeland Airport, so check it out. And meanwhile, we'll do it again tomorrow on AM Tampa Bay. Live it up.